Hey, what's going on? My name's Jason. Thanks for checking out the Blissful Prospecting Podcast. This show is for reps and sales teams who want you know tactical and strategic advice on how to get more meetings with their ideal prospects. So if you're here to get better with cold emails, cold calling, you know, sequencing, LinkedIn, objection handling, all that sort of stuff, everything to get that first meeting, you're definitely in the right place. Today we're talking about my man Larry Long Jr. on creating a mindset for success. Let's get to the episode. I'm super pumped for this one because our guest today, Larry Long Jr., if you've ever talked to him before, this dude is just like so much energy. <laughs> and uh, it definitely had an effect on me interviewing him too. I was definitely more tuned in, had a lot of fun, you know, talking to him. And Larry just brings it. I think he's one of the next big motivational speakers. Just in the sales, entrepreneurship, business space, he's going to be one of those guys that gets hired by a lot of Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 companies to come in and motivate the troops, if you know what I mean. We talk about today something that I haven't really talked about a lot on our podcast, and this is just a success mindset. So it goes beyond sales, goes beyond business. It's just, hey, what does it take to get the most out of life? And what's the mindset you know, piece of that. So we talk a lot about just Larry and where he gets his motivation from, his experience as a sales leader. He's starting a new business that he's just launched. Depending on the time that you hear this, it will have been, you know, a month or two ago. And there's just a ton of stuff here. I got really energized from my conversation with him. And there's definitely something to treating your motivation like a muscle that you need to exercise on a consistent basis. So he's got a lot of really just killer stuff he's going to share. So before we get to the episode, though, I just want to remind you, please subscribe, rate, all that good stuff, the Blissful Prospecting Podcast. It helps me grow this show so I can continue getting on great guests for you, folks exactly like Larry. So find us in the podcast app on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, leave a review, and uh, keep downloading the show. And glad to have you here. Let's get to the episode. So I got to ask you, because I've been asking people icebreakers uh, on these podcasts, what was your favorite childhood breakfast? What did you eat when you were a kid for breakfast? Oh, goodness. That's a eat. Well, it's not all too easy. I can't pick just one. Pop-Tarts, and okay. I love the cherry flavor. Dude, <laughs> me too. I see, It's kind of a weird one. I don't know what it is. We both like cherry Pop-Tarts. It's funny because I like cherry jelly, which my wife, she's from Argentina. She's like, cherry jelly. Where do they do yeah. that at? And I put it on bread. For them, bread okay. is kind of like, it's just bread. I'm like, yeah. can you please pass the jelly? And they look at me like, oh, <laughs> stop the press. But also cereal. And if you can imagine this, I got it from my dad. We yeah. used to put a couple of scoops of sugar in our oh, yeah, sugary cereal. And yeah. my mom was like, what's wrong with y'all? But I guess that explains why I'm crazy like I am. No, that's funny too. I did the same thing. I was joking with my wife, Sarah. It was like, you know, cornflakes. You put a little spoonful of sugar on there. Rice Krispies, you put a little spoonful of sugar on there, you know? <laughs> uh, I knew there was a reason why I like you, Jason. <laughs> I want to dig in with you on a couple of things. You, you have a very interesting career and there's a lot of places we could go into, but I'm curious because you've been talking a lot about the fundamentals of sales. How did you learn the fundamentals of sales? Did you have a, a manager and a and good training? You said, did you read books? Like, how did you kind of like learn what the fundamentals were um, in your sales career? I fell into it, Jason. My sales career started off knocking on doors, launched by Larry as a 
13 year old, not, not, (laughs) and I was scared out of my mind, but in professional sales, Oh, making $150 a day to CPAs and accountants who get Mm -hmm. paid for their time. You learn very quickly that if you're not able to communicate your value proposition and tell a story in a short amount of time, and that's after you get past the uh, receptionist. I'm not going to say gatekeeper because they hold the keys. They're the key keeper. They hold the keys to the business. But essentially, you figure out very quickly that if you're not a strong communicator quickly and you're not a strong listener to Mm -hmm. tone, not just what, what people say, but how they say it, you're going to get run over and not have any success. And I mean, for us, 150 calls, success was scheduling two to three meetings. Yeah. Dang. So, I mean, there's so much we can dig into just with that. Do you, you know, because there's kind of like with sales, it's like, oh, you hear, oh, born salesperson, right? And uh, you hear people that kind of got into it and you learn how to do it or whatever. And then, like, how do you look at some of this stuff? Do you feel that people are just, can they be sort of a natural in your experience, like especially leading these people, do you see people that are more natural or do you see people that more have to kind of learn like the ins and outs of the job and that sort of thing? I've seen people that have had traits and skills, listening skills, empathy, whatever, however you define empathy, but just caring for other people, the curiosity. And then I've seen people that have had to work at it, but even those that are quote unquote naturals, They still have to work at it. I've I've yet to meet someone who came out the womb and, wow, I'm just a sales professional. Because even if you are a sales professional and you're the top sales professional in the world, there's still opportunities for you to get better. I had a conversation a month ago with Jeffrey Gittimer. I think he's the the, the godfather, the grandfather, the king of sales. And uh, there's still areas for him. To improve upon. I don't know if he would say that, but I would say that, hey, as a professional, there's always something you can do to take your game to the next level. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Gittimer, I mean, that was the very first sales book that I read was Little Red Book of Selling. Super cool. Let's start with like some of the mindset stuff then. And I would love to hear how your, if it has, I'm sure it has, how your mindset's kind of evolved over the last 15, 20 years since you've been in the game. How do you think about mindset like, how does this play a role into a sales professional's success? It's kind of like baseball. My background yeah. in baseball playing at University of Maryland, it starts with mindset. If you don't have that internal belief, Henry Ford said, if you, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Yeah. And if I come up the plate, and we know that today, I know this is coming out later, but it's, it's opening day for baseball. Essentially, if I come up to the plate and I don't believe that I can, chances are I won't. In sales, if I don't believe in my heart and I don't believe in my mind that I have something of value to offer, chances are it's not going to come across that I do. People can sense. People aren't dumb, Jason. They can sense BS. They can sense lack of confidence. And I've seen it. I'm not going to give out names, but I've had reps that didn't believe and they said the right things. I mean, they said exactly what our successful people said, but it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. So I believe that mindset is powerful because even if you do believe in your heart, in your mind, it still doesn't guarantee you're going to have success. Sales is tough. I mean, we're in the people business. 
I think Kevin Dorsey, KD calls it, doesn't matter if you're in B2B or B2C, we're all in P2P, people to people. We're all in, I guess you could say B2B means belly to belly, not anymore (laughs) because we're trying to keep our droplets to ourselves. But to answer your question, mindset is vitally important because you're going to go through the ups and the downs on a Tuesday. (laughs) You got to keep that happy medium uh, and still keep that internal belief that I have something of value. I can help you solve real problems. That is the mindset, what you said there around like two people saying the same thing, but one person getting better results. It's like conviction. I mean, like when I listen to you talk, you know, when I watch your, I believe you. I believe what Larry's saying. I believe that he believes in what he's saying. You know, I don't even, to the point that I don't even think about it. You know, well, um, I, I do. I do believe it. And my wife said she uh, is funny. My wife is my biggest critic, which I love. She keeps it real. Yeah. yeah. She, she said, hey, baby, I love you, but ain't no one paying for your message. Like you're you're not Simon Sinek. You're you're not John Barrows. You're not breaking any kind of any groundbreaking undertaking. They're paying for the messenger. It's you. So. It's one of those things where I kind of know my lane. I'm not reinventing anything. Sales is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's what the oldest profession, but yeah. it's helping. It's kind of the perspective that I view it in is it's really about serving others. And what does that mean? It means that you put all of your wants, your needs to the back and you put everyone else in front to serve them. And what I found, and I can't speak for anyone else, is the more that you serve others and you help them get to where they want to get to, it's just, it's the silver bullet that everyone wants. It's the magic dust. When you help others, all of a sudden you help yourself. And when you help others without the context of I'm helping you so I can get something back, because once again, people can, they can smell that. I think Josh Braun calls it commission breath. They can smell that from a mile away and ooh, and no, no, no amount of Tic Tacs can cure that. Yeah. <laughs> what was your mindset like? If you remember, if you take us back to your first you know, professional sales job, how has your mindset changed since then? Ooh, it's totally different. I was scared. Yeah. I thought what that sales, especially calling on CBA as an accountant, I can't count. I, I got to count on my fingers. So I'm calling these CPAs and accountants and I put them up on the pedestal and we had a script. Hello, this is Larry Long Jr. calling from, I won't say the name of the company. You can look it up. Calling from, uh, we serve CPAs and account. Oh, it was, I am robot. And there was no mystery why I got zero signups in, I don't know, I'm not good at math. What was that, 600, my first 600 calls? I mean, I, I was just striking out. I had a manager and I will shout him out, James Hatfield. He wasn't even my manager. My manager called me in the office and said, hey, Larry, the expectation is 150 calls. You made 148. If you do that again, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. I said, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. But James Hatfield said, hey, Larry, come here. Put his arm around me. And he was like, dude, I like you, man. You got so much potential. You got to loosen up. He said, you sound like a daggone robot. Hello, this is Larry Long Jr. He was like, you want to talk to these prospects like you would talk to your boys. I'm like, James, you you ain't heard me talk to my boys. He said, well, let's find a happy medium where you can be a person and not just a robot. And, and lo and behold, I got rid of the script 
And I said, shoot, we're going we're gonna to freestyle up in here. What's going on? Larry Long Jr., LLJR in the house. And it wasn't that crazy. But essentially, when I started just being myself as a real person who cared about the CPAs, but more importantly, about their client, the business owners. And when I was able to tell my story of being a failed business owner and just wanting to have an impact, it resonated. So I've come on a long journey. It's been an adventure. And I'll be real, it's been somewhat of a misadventure for me to get to where I am today. But I've had a smile on my face for most of it. Not all of it. There, there's been some tears. No, I love that. The robot thing. I mean, I relate with a lot just because I, you know, I talk cold calling a lot. And the huge part of that is you just relax a little bit, right? That confidence and that conviction, I think it's just so important. What do you do on a daily basis to sort of maintain like your mindset and attitude? Like what, what kind of maintenance do you do on that? Because I don't think a lot of people think about that part of it. I'm assuming you don't just wake up every day and things are all hunky-dory. There's something, there's some secret to the sauce, uh, Larry. <laughs> there's no secret. And I mean, I wake up every day and most days, just like most people, yeah. I got two kids that are wild and crazy. I don't know where they get it from. They must get it from their mama. I got a wife who's from Argentina. So I got the South American spice. Life is, uh, it's a four letter word, but I make the choice every day, Jason, to say, no matter what comes my way, no matter what's going on, I'm going to make the best of it because we, we all have that choice and we can either go this way and say, woe is me. Oh, I can't believe it. Or we can say, Hey, it is what it is. We're going to keep that thing moving. We're going to Fido which isn't the name of my dog. My, I'm afraid of dogs. My dog's name was Shaq because I like Shaquille O'Neal, but FIDO stands for F it. If I'm talking to my son, forget about it, drive on. Because we all get hit with obstacles. The most successful people find a way over them, around them, under them, and if they have to, through it. So some of the ways that I maintain, number one, music. And, and you've gotten a taste of the music that I jam to. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a reason why I got the gold mic. Don't get me singing because I'll make some people cry. I'm, I'm not the African-American idol, even though I thought I could try out. I'm tone deaf, but I love music, whether it's gospel music, which gets me inspiration in my faith, or whether it's hip hop, which just gets me moving around. I like to dance a little bit. My son told me I couldn't go on TikTok because he said I can't dance. I said, watch me, son. But music... <laughs> Nature, which yeah. I'll go outside and do a little walk in the neighborhood and my family, we have a ritual every day after work, after school, we do a little, little walk around the neighborhood. Golf. I mean, I think I told you I was Tiger Woods's cousin. This is my tickets to the Masters last year. I'm his long lost cousin. Larry hit it in the woods and then surrounding myself with with positive friends, positive YouTube videos. I mean, how can you watch Eric Thomas? Tony yeah. Robbins, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, the list goes on and on and not feel inspired. Will Smith, Denzel Washington, my man right here, the man right here, David Goggins. If you if you can listen to those and you don't feel a kick in the behind, oh, I'm going to have to check your pulse. Boom, 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 boom. There ain't nothing there. So a lot of it, it sounds like you're managing the inputs. Like the stuff that goes in in your ears, the stuff that you see, you're very, very conscious about the stuff that you're consuming. And if I had to guess, you're probably pretty good about making sure that those inputs are not negative, you know, kind of things that tearing people down, the political type of stuff, you know, like all the other stuff that's like on the news. If I had to guess, correct me if I'm wrong, you're probably very careful about that type of stuff that you consume. 
Big time. You you are what you eat and not just food, because if that was the case, I'd be a fried chicken wing. But you are what you consume in terms of books, podcasts, whatever you put in through your eyes, through your ears, as well as your mouth. But yes, the inputs, there's no mystery. The inputs is what leads to the outputs from my experience. Yeah, I, I, you know, it sounds so basic, you know, but when you look at, I mean, I'm sure you know them, you know, some of the people that are just very either victim mentality or very just sort of very cynical. You look at the type of the information that they consume and how much time they spend on social media watching other people live their life, which is not they're not really documenting their entire life. (laughs) That's a topic for another podcast, but it like makes a lot of sense. You know, because I think those inputs, they rub off on you just like the people that you hang out with rub off on you. And it's such an it is a pretty simple thing to fix. Easy in concept, but it can be tough in execution because people get in the habits. And you said it best. There's no mystery. There's no mystery to success. Generally, it's like, yeah, if you watch what successful people do. You'll see some themes and then you look on the other side and you said it, the victim mentality, negative Nellie's, negative Nancy. I apologize if your name is Nancy or Nellie. My middle name is Nelson, but I'm not negative Nelson. <laughs> Essentially, there's no mystery. You can see the, the recipe uh, yeah. for success or you can see the recipe for, uh-uh, I don't, I ain't cooking that. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Is there anything else around uh, this mindset piece that you feel is really important when you think of the sales rep that's out there grinding every day to just stay in that mode and like really accept the fact that, you know, especially as a BDR, SDR, anyone prospecting that there's, you know, there's a really high failure rate, like success at that is like scheduling five to 10% of the people you talk with for a meet. That's like really good. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a very high failure rate. Any other tips, insights around mindset for someone in that position? I can only speak for myself, my faith, and then my why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? If I'm not strong, if I don't have a good foundation in that, and we've heard it before, but how many people are living it? When I'm making 150 dials, why? Is it just to make the little paycheck that I get? Am I plugging along or am I driving for the mission of the company? And my lens changed when I started thinking about, I'm not scheduling a meeting just to sell a CPA or accountant. I'm scheduling a meeting to impact that CPA or accountant to have an impact with their small business owners. So their small business owners don't end up like me with a failed small business. That was my, that was my pride and joy. That was my kid before I had kids. I put so much time, effort, energy, blood, sweat, and tears into it. And my accountant had an opportunity to help us turn around the ship. So that why was strong. And you talk about conviction. I can, I'm convicted. I'm honestly convicted that I don't want other business owners to go through what I had to go through. It wasn't pretty and it sucked. Speaking of suck, embracing the suck, just knowing that when you play baseball, you're going to strike out and it's okay. When you're in sales, you're going to get no. And if you're not okay with it, you're probably in the wrong career. It's probably time to make a change because it is what it is. That's just the way it is. I've, I've yet to meet a sales professional who batted a thousand, who, who never heard no ever. That's like a unicorn. It doesn't exist unless you're my seven-year-old daughter. She said, yeah, unicorns are real. I said, okay, you keep talking that stuff. <laughs> Eating too many cherry pop tarts, girl. <laughs> 
where do values come into the equation for you? Do you think about your some sort of ethos or value system or anything about like finding out like what's really important to you that you value? Do you think about that a lot or where does this fit in? Yeah, I mean, from a sales perspective, yes, that, that ties into your why. Mm-hmm. why. Why are you doing what you're doing? And does that align with what you're really all about? And I've seen, once again, those reps where there's been a misalignment it's very challenging. I'm not going to say you can't because like Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible, but it's yeah. very tough to fool folks over the long haul. If you're not aligned with what your product, your service, your, your thought, your idea, it's very tough to experience success in the long term. You can, you can fake it a little bit. You can fool some people, but, but what I found is the best sales professionals, they believe it here and I mean, Kevin Hart said it best, say it with your chest. It's tough to say it with your chest when you're mm-hmm. like, I don't really, eh, I don't really believe in our mission, our vision, our values. Uh, there's misalignment. I mean, unless you're the best actor or actress in the world, that's tough to put up that facade over and over and over again. Oh man. One more question around this mindset piece, just because you've spent so much time in a leadership position as well. What can a sales leader do to help their reps really instill more belief in like the product and the service and like the company? I call it drinking the company Kool-Aid. Like what can they do to get the reps really believing in like the mission and like the results and like the good work that they do for their clients? Well, first of all, Jason, you done messed up talking about Kool-Aid because my favorite flavor is red. I know you didn't. You're like, I don't know what flavor red is. It's cherry. (laughs) Yeah. The dark cherry Kool-Aid was my favorite. (laughs) But essentially, with leadership, it starts with you. And do you believe? And the best way to show belief is through your actions, not your words, but how do you act? How do you talk about the product and the company, the mission, the vision, and who we serve? If you're talking negatively about it, it's kind of like droplets. It's contagious. So as a leader, it starts, you better look in the mirror and uh, essentially, I think they say you you, you got to get your mind right. If your mind ain't right, it ain't going to be tight. So you got to tighten up your ship. And then once you get your oxygen on, you get your Kool-Aid. Now you can spread that Kool-Aid to the rest of your team. Now you can encourage them to follow your lead. But if you're telling me one thing and you're doing another, you're acting another, eh, you have no trust. I don't believe in you. I'm going to just do me. But essentially, if you can inspire yourself. Now you start to inspire others and maybe not everyone, not everyone is on that same wavelength, but I'm a big believer that leadership, it starts with yourself. You got to, are you taking care of your mind, your body and your soul? And how are you working out? What are you reading? Are you sharing any books with me? Are you sharing any podcasts? Are you sharing anything you learned from reading those books? What are you doing to change as a leader? So now I start to see it and I'm like, whoa, I like that. I like working with with this leader here. I want to be on the team, but I want to be like the leader. Follow the leader. Hmm, I'm going to go check out this podcast. I'm going to go check out these books. I'm going to look at these YouTube pages. I'm going to go ahead and schedule time outside of our just normal one-on-one to speak with and chop it up to step my game up. And there's nothing better than a leader who asks you, hey, can you provide me with feedback? Hey, can you provide me with your key learning? or even your key reminder from last week. And then they listen to what you're saying. 
that empowers uh, an individual contributor. That shows real leadership right there when someone is internal selling. I'm going to ask you a question and I'm going to listen, learn, and hopefully turn that into action. Oh, wow. Hey, team, I wanted to share with you what Jason shared with me. Jason learned. Or, hey, Jason, why don't you share that with the team in our next meeting? This can benefit us all. So those are just some of the little things. And what I found is the little things mean so much. It's unbelievable. I mean, there's so much there, man. I mean, like, I, I love it. It's essentially as a leader, you're, you're really like kind of a knowledge broker. You know, it's like your job is to share the stuff that you learn with other people, hoping that they will share it. And um, I think that sometimes we can forget as leaders, too, that the people that work for us hopefully look up to us. So whatever we think is cool and whatever we set the example of that's cool, spending time outside of work, listening to podcasts, reading books, if we make that cool, just that right there is going to inspire people to do it because they want to be like you. I'm going to give you another one. So yes, growth is super important. But what are you doing if you have a family? Are you spending time with your family? What are you doing for your mental health? Are you talking about mental health? Because we all know that that's a challenge. In the last year and a half, I don't care if you're a newborn, I don't care if you're a centenarian, you've been impacted some way by what's been going on. It might have been positive, it might have been negative, it might have been both. But essentially, I'm looking to you to see Do you prioritize your family? Because if you do, now I feel like, ooh, I can follow the leader again and prioritize my family. Do you prioritize your mental health? Hey team, I'm taking off next week and I'm gonna be disconnected to make sure that I'm in a good place. I'm in a good headspace. Wow, I can respect that. I can respect the heck out of that, especially a leader who's authentic, who's vulnerable, who keeps it real and doesn't try to act like, I'm almighty. I know all the answers. Nope. Survey says, nah, I don't believe you and I'm not going to follow you. Mm-mm. Let's keep it rolling on mental health. What have you been doing in the last year to take care of your mental health? Surrounding myself with my, uh, with my crew. So, I mean, my crew starts with my wife mm-hmm. and um, whew, she's my biggest, she's my biggest butt kicker, but she's also my biggest supporter. My mom, my kids, my sister, my boys, my homeboys from high school, college, And then my colleagues, that support system means the world. It really does. If you don't have a crew, you got to find yourself a crew. Also, you got to get into some sort of books. You got to get into something, even if it's short stories, even if it's content, positive content on Google, on LinkedIn, on Reddit. Eh, We said positive. On Twitter, ah, we got to keep it positive. (laughs) You got to find some sort of positivity source that's going to feed you. For me, I love golf. I love golf. It just, it's time for me and nature. And I mean, I'm all over the woods. I normally have to bring my scuba gear because I'm in the water. I bring my beach towel because I'm in the sand, but we have a good old time. It's a fun time getting beat up on the golf course with buddies that are just talking mad smack. This environment has allowed me to expand and to meet people around the globe that I never would have met. I'm hearing stories. And one aspect, we haven't touched on this, one aspect of some of the best sales professionals is just curiosity. It's just being curious. So Jason, tell me about your upbringing. So I know that you love the sugary sweet cereal. Where did you get that from? Do you still, I mean, it's just, I used to drive Uber and Lyft and I used to love it because everyone's got a story. 
And half the time it's made up, but as long as in their mind they believe it, I'm listening and I'm taking notes. Like I tell my wife, you'll never believe these crazy cats that I met tonight. So back to the original question, mental health is prioritizing it. And and during this time, there's been times that I've been in in bad shape. It, It hasn't been all sunshine, rainbows and unicorns. It never is. If your life is all sunshine, rainbows and unicorns, you're you're doing something wrong. Like I would say, you're not doing something right. Like you're not living. If you're living, you're going to go through some stuff, but it's really how you react, how you handle it, how you process it. And then how do you end up on the other side out of it? So I hope that's helpful. I mean, it's, we've got to keep the conversation continuing and we can't keep sweeping it under the rug because so many people are struggling in silence. And especially, we got none beloved for the women out there, but the men, oftentimes, they put on that mask, they put on that armor. Ah, I'm so tough. No, it's okay. It's okay to take the mask off and it's okay to not be okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's refreshing to hear that from someone like you because I think a lot of people might consume your content and be like, oh, Larry's like so positive and energized and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, you have bad days, you know, stuff doesn't go well. You just talked about that, you know, and it's like being vulnerable is like such a key, you know, element of just having close relationships with people, you know, being able to like kind of go there and this positivity source and like the mental health and like prioritizing it. Again, it sounds like a really kind of like simple thing, <laughs> which it kind of is in, in uh, but in practice, like you said, it's actually making a focus of it, you know, and this last October, I just been working a lot, man. And I, this has only happened twice in my life. I had a bit of like, almost like a panic attack, you know, where it's just like my whole body felt really heavy and my chest felt really like hollow and like tight at the same time. Like there wasn't like a specific thing that caused it. You know what I mean? It just happened. And uh, we ended up taking like a week off to go to, you know, Colorado and get into nature and like do all this other stuff. But that stuff creeps up on you, man, you know, and for someone, I think especially for guys, it's important to hear, like you said, too, around this, like being able to kind of drop the armor a little bit. Any advice, just, you know, guys, women, whatever it might be, just people that aren't used to being super vulnerable about this stuff, like something that they could think about to be a little bit more vulnerable with the people around them. Yeah, it's um, I just want to let you know, it's okay to ask for help. And I shaved so you can't see I got some gray. And I like to say I'm getting older and wiser. My wife says, don't go lying to these good people. You're getting older. You ain't getting no wiser. But what I, I feel like I am because in my younger years, and even in my older years, I had that ego. I didn't want to ask anyone for anything. Nope, I'm good. I got it all by myself. As I've gotten a little bit wiser, I realized that I don't need to have it all by myself because I'm fooling myself. I don't have it all by myself. I need help. And it's okay to ask for help. And it's smart to ask for help because if you carry the burden all on your own when you don't need to, no, there's people that care about you. There's people that want to help you, but you got to let them know. You got to say something. And if you don't say anything, it's tough. I mean, for me, I always like to start off my one-on-one meetings. How are you? And then I listen. How are you? I don't care about the numbers. I do, but not right now. Number one, I care about you. 
How are the little ones doing? How, how are you doing just from a mindset perspective? Are you happy? Scale of one to 10, where are you at? Then we get into the nuts and bolts of the business. And then at the end, I want to know sincerely, how can I help? And there's no, that, that's the question. How can I help? Question mark. And listen. And if you intently listen, you put the phone away, you put all the distractions away and you look someone in their eyes. It can be through Zoom. How can I help? They will generally open up if they trust you. And trust, that's earned over time. That's based on your actions. But if you're in the position where you don't have that trusted advisor, you don't have that trusted leader, find it. I just spoke to a nonprofit yesterday, and we talked about intentionality. We talked about mentorship. And essentially, there's some responsibility on you to reach out. you got to make that first step, and you got to try and Sometimes it's not a good fit. It's okay. On to the next one. On to the next one. Hey, Jason, would you mind being my accountability partner? Here goes what I'm working towards. And here goes what I was thinking. 30 minutes every month, I'm going to provide you an agenda in advance. Would you be open to it? Most people would probably say, I'm super busy, but yes. Or I can't do it right now. I can introduce you to someone that might be good. Hey, check out Larry. He might be able to help you out and I'll check in on you periodically. It's just the human element, man. We're all humans in this game we call life. And we all go through stuff. I mean, good stuff and bad stuff. So it's really just supporting each other. And when you need help, reach out and touch someone. I mean, the asking for help thing is so big. I've struggled with this a lot in my life and it's in, uh, you're really just like holding yourself back. I mean, you're <laughs> like your success and like happiness and fulfillment in life is so dependent on like leaning on other people for help. You know, do you get people asking you to like mentor them and like do that kind of stuff? And if so, what kind of sticks out to you? What are, what are the kind of the good ways of asking people for this kind of thing and kind of the ways that make it really hard for someone to help you? Yeah. So yes, people do ask if I would help them out. And I'm always open to helping someone. I used to own a baseball academy. And when we closed up our baseball academy, I still worked with kids. I didn't ask them to pay me, but I did ask them if I'm going to take the time to invest in you, you've got to take the time to invest in you outside of our time or else I'm wasting my time. It's the same thing in business. If you would want me to invest my time, I'm a-okay. As long as you invest your time outside of when we meet on the things we touch on. Because if not, there's, I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste my time. So the best way, I respect it when people just ask and they have a plan and they know exactly why they want me to share insights with them and to work with them on a continuous basis. I'm open to helping folks. And my wife said, you got to guard your calendar. And she's right. Mm -hmm. But the right thing to do is to help people. So I'm going to always help people when I can, as long as they're serious about helping themselves. By the way, just as you've been talking, our wives have to meet each other, man. I described her as spicy. She's Korean. She's telling me things like, you need to guard your time, dude. Jason, you're not, <laughs> you know, it's a <laughs> um, uh, happy wife. Happy life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Okay. 
So an element of this, it sounds like, is the person asking for help. You need to like be coachable and like be able to show people that to your point, if someone's going to put effort into you, they're going to want to know that you're going to put it into yourself. And you kind of need to show you know, people that. One of the things that I can appreciate and applaud them for asking me, it's such a privilege, by the way, for someone to ask you for help on something. Like, I do not take that for granted. I feel it, it like makes me feel good that someone will want my feedback on their cold email. You know what I mean? Like, that's just so cool. So I don't take that for granted. But from my perspective on the receiving end of some of those things, when the person doesn't know what they want, and it's almost like they're expecting you to put this work into them and they aren't taking ownership over their results. Like they aren't taking ownership and responsibility over. It's almost like they want to hand that part off. Do you have any... Like if we kind of keep going with that, like what is a good way to ask if someone reaches out to someone on LinkedIn, which I just encourage people listening to this to do reach out to someone like Larry or whoever, all the other people that we've mentioned, like, please reach out. And if nothing else, just tell them that like they've had a big impact on you, you know, but what what is a good way to reach out to someone and really show that you are that person that like, dude, I'm, I'm investing in myself and it's just like, I'm asking for a favor, but I'm going to work my ass off, you know, kind of thing. What does that sound like for you being on the receiving end of that kind of stuff? What does the good stuff sound like? I just got it a couple of days ago. It was a video from someone who had done some research. They looked at some of the stuff that I put out and they had taken notes about what impacted them. And it wasn't just stuff recent. They went in the archives. I said, good, googly muggly. That was an article that I wrote four years ago. I totally forgot about it. I said, wow, that's, I mean, for you to go back and dig in the archives for that, that's different. Like most people say, oh yeah, your post from yesterday, or, oh yeah, we saw you on this list. And it's like, okay, I appreciate it, but that's easy. You do the hard work and you share with me what resonated and why and what you're looking for. That's a soft spot in my heart right there. I'm like, because not many people do it. Everyone can do it. And I had this conversation with Morgan Ingram just Mm -hmm. about sharing free knowledge. It's okay. I I can share free knowledge to everyone because less than 10% are going to actually do anything with it. I mean, it's sad to say it, but if you're listening, are you part of that 10%? Or in my Steve Harvey family feud voice survey says, are you part of the 90% that that shake your head? Oh, I'm serious. And you take notes and then you don't do anything with it. It's like, hey, what you got? It's kind of like my golf game. When I get on a green in regulation, my homeboys look at each other and they say, what you going to do with it? Are you going to three putt? You going to four putt? Or are you going to sink the birdie putt? (laughs) Now that you have all this knowledge, And I mean, you can go on YouTube, you can go on Google, LinkedIn. There's so much knowledge out there. My question is, what you going to do with it? Yeah. No, I love it, man. You've been talking about community and we're kind of on a little bit of a roll with this. This is like one of those other kind of big fundamentals is, you know, surrounding yourself with good people. And uh, to be honest with you, man, this is another weakness of mine. I do a lot better job now. Having a podcast helps, right? You meet a lot of peers, but this was not last October, but the October before, I remember I met Jeff Bajorek, who, you know, and um, we met at a conference, Scott Ingram's uh, Sales Success Summit, I think it was. And I, I remember asking him because we kind of knew each other, but never talked before. And we started talking. And the one thing we had in common is that he had done some work with Gittimer. I was a big fan. I kind of, you know, I was on their podcast and I was asking him, I was like, hey, do you have this problem where you don't really know a lot of people that do what we do? 
And he said, Jason, no, actually, I don't. And he proceeded to just introduce me to a lot of people that are in our space doing what we're doing. And that was a big eye opener for me. But how important is it that a sales rep have an accountability partner, have other people in sales that they are friends with? Because a lot of people in sales don't have friends, don't have family members that are in sales. And it's like they have no one to talk to about it. How important is that? Vitally. And I don't even know how to spell vitally, but it's vitally important. I'm keeping it real with you. Spelling isn't my, that's not my strong point, but I'll tell you having a network and the saying is your network is your net worth. Eh, Yeah, somewhat. It ain't what you know. It ain't even who you know. It's who knows you, who trusts you, who believes in you, but your crew, your, your, your folks that you roll with, your mentors, your mini mentors, your colleagues, that's how you learn. And they don't all have to be in software sales. They don't all have to be in the same industry, in accounting sales. They they can be in marketing, MarTech. I mean, all across, you can learn something from so many people, but it's so important. And I'm going to come back to the word of being intentional. You've got to be intentional with it because if not, it's going to probably look like it's always looked where you're kind of just rolling solo, lone wolf. And hey, that's good if it works for you. But I'm going to encourage you, why not be great? And you talked about going to a conference. Wow. Now I can learn and I can meet other people that are there to learn. Wow. Mind blown. Now I can have someone that's challenging me and supporting me. Whoa, that's next level right there. I mean, I love the support. Yeah, the pat on the back, that's good. But I want the pat on the back. And then like Morgan Ingram said, Larry, if you don't do video, you're being selfish. I said, uh-oh. I said, you aren't going to call me selfish and walk away with it. I got on video four days. This, this was on a Friday. I got on video the following Wednesday, all because of that. He said, my mentor told me if I didn't do the SDR Chronicles, if I didn't get on video, I was being selfish. All it took was one person. I said, oh, Lord, you you done challenged me and you ain't going to challenge me and I'm not going to step up to the challenge. He sent me a text the other day with some knowledge. And, and essentially, he didn't say it. But he didn't have to say it. What you going to do with this? So I sent him a text back. I got it. You can check the receipts. I sent him a text back and said, hey, number four, it was Patrick Bet David talking about kind of what you're looking for with your crew. We're talking about community. He had some specific things. It was like the top 10 things. I sent back to Morgan. I said, hey, number three, number four, number eight resonated with me. Now, what you're going to do with it? It's great that it resonated, but what are you going to do with it? So community I'm all about building a support network, building a team, whether it's a personal board of directors, professional board of directors, that's going to support you, that's going to challenge you, going to encourage you, and really help you get to that next level. I think we all want to get to that next level, Jason. If not, you're probably not listening right now. (laughs) If you're listening, you're listening, looking to get to that next level. I encourage you, you can do it. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a shortage of online communities right now either. I mean, Rev Genius, Thursday Night Sales. I mean, there's just, there's so much. I don't know. Do you want to give a plug, actually? Any, any communities you missed? Oh, Those good. You done teed me up. You, <laughs> you done did it again because I just launched my community, the Sales Allies. And I'll tell you, I mean, I'm just a big believer that it's my responsibility to help others and to create an environment where others can help others that are in sales, thinking about sales. So www.thesalesallies.com, that's the website. 
It's an online on-demand sales training course, and it's a community of sales professionals that want to grow and want to help others that want to grow. So I'd be honored for anyone to come check us out, contribute to the community, join the community, help us out as we help others in this industry and in this field of sales. Let's elevate the sales profession. Anyone that's doing that, you're good in my books. And one thing that just in checking out the website, I want to point out that I'm sure was very intentional is, dude, lots of people of color, women, like it's a very diverse, you know, group of people that you have contributing and a part of this. And if you're watching this or listening and you feel like there are people that aren't, they don't look like you, that aren't like you culturally, that kind of thing, like you're definitely going to find more of that with uh, Larry's site. And again, the URL was thesalesallies.com. Yes, you're you're very perceptive, receptive, and I appreciate that, Jason. I that was intentional because it, let, let's pull the rug back. We're not going to sweep it under the rug. Sales and the world that we live in, it's not very diverse. It hasn't been very inclusive. Uh, hasn't been very equal. And I'm trying to do my part, and I can't do it by myself. So I brought a team, and you'll see the allies, as Jason said. We've got a mix of of everything, of everyone that represents the industry. And we want to support each and every sales professional person thinking about sales. We're here for you. So come and join the sales allies. We'd love to have you. We want you to be an ally. We're we're going to do some amazing things. I'm excited about it because it's really an opportunity to really make a change and not just talk about it, not just dream about it, but actually take action, which I'm, I'm trying to intentionally take action that makes a positive impact. Man, that one was a lot. Love it. I always love jamming with Larry. And um, I love the just, you know, the way he's able to, you know, be real, but also, you know, not let too many things bother him. I think it's so important in sales too, where we're constantly getting rejected in one form or another throughout the entire day. And it's really easy to kind of just shrug it off, <laughs> right? But it kind of starts to wear on you after a while. So being intentional with your mindset and having some sort of routine or some sort of things or questions or journaling, whatever it is, something that you do to treat it like exercise, treating that motivation you know, like it's a muscle, the motivation muscle. So thanks for tuning in today. That was a super fun episode. I'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe, leave a review, let us know what you think. It'll help us continue growing the show. And I thank you so much for spending an hour with us today. And we'll talk to you soon.